When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back into the Blue Horseshoe Pod. It's soon to be a draft preview pod here as the cold season does wind down and they are going nowhere fast. So if you like draft season, if you like the head coach speculation, I'll say this, George, this offseason for the Colts, it will not be short of content. That is for sure. No, there's no doubt about that. It never is, right? I mean, I feel like every offseason that that I've covered this team has been a crazy busy offseason. This one, though, could be right up there. So that's why it's important more than ever. I forget about the, the first two thirds of the season. Now is really the time. If you have not subscribed, if, if you have not downloaded, but if you like the show, make sure you're downloading and subscribing to the Blue Horseshoe Pod wherever you do get your podcasts. Because there's going to be a lot of talking points, a lot of drama, a lot of intrigue surrounding this Colts team. Really, it's starting, you know, once the season does end after week 18, head coach, quarterback questions, draft questions, we'll be all over it all throughout the offseason where else but the Blue Horseshoe Pods. Make sure you're downloading, subscribing, and also telling your Colts friends about us as well. So let's talk, before we talk about the current head coach and Jeff Saturday, kind of his timeout uh, usage or lack thereof, George, on Monday night. Let's talk about it since we're kind of talking about the future here. But from the head coaching position when it comes for the Colts, we know that obviously they have a vacancy. They're going to be looking. I wonder, because at least for me right now, the guy I circle as the head coach who's number one on my list is Jim Harbaugh. I think he'd be a great fit here. I think the pieces the Colts have um, would fit his style of football. If you watch Michigan the last two years, they are a ground-and-pound physical team. And the Colts, I know the offensive line's been a big question, but they at least had the pieces on paper to kind of get back to that and have success kind of running the ball in Jim Harbaugh's eye. I wonder, now that he's beaten Michigan, or excuse me, now that Michigan's beaten Ohio State two years in a row and done so handling, is he coaching his way out of consideration where maybe now all of a sudden the, the urge to go back to the NFL is less when you have Michigan looking at going back to the college football play for the t- second year in a row and frankly should be in a national title game. Are you concerned at all that maybe Jim Harbaugh was having too much success in Michigan where the Colts are not enough to, to allure him away? Certainly. I mean, it's something that that's definitely going to be in play here, right? I mean, you're looking at, like you said, they could win the national title this year. I don't think that's, they're not going to be the absolute favorite. I mean, obviously Georgia apparently is going to win the next 10 or so, but (laughs) aside from that, uh, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, this whole college football season, if it hasn't told you that one game could go either way, uh, you know, I I don't know what, what would, uh, they would certainly be favored. I think against either TCU or USC, and then they'd be an underdog against Georgia, but stranger things have happened, especially if they get that running game going. Um, you know, Blake Corum, I think, is a really special guy. Completely on a on a different topic, uh, but you know, I think that's if he's healthy. That who knows? They could be a national championship team. Can you walk away as a national champion? You know, go to the NFL. I don't know how that from works. your alma mater too. You know, from your alma mater. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how that works. I. I think a lot of it comes down to honestly, how mad is he about that pay cut in 2020 and what does he want to do about it? Because there's a couple of different ways he could get his revenge. You know, one is the, I'm going to walk away. You, you, you didn't want me when I was down and I'm going to walk away now that I'm the most coveted guy in the country. Uh, the other one is, I mean, honestly, right. Isn't he in a position right now where if he wanted to, to 
demand that they get a new AD or they demand that they get a new school president or demand demand that they change the name of the university. Right? Like he can do whatever he wants to do, right? Yeah. Oh, you're you're right. If you are able to bring Michigan back, and like I said, if they win a title, especially, he's he's walking on, you know, he's walking on air there. Like you said, if he wants a new if he wants to be the AD himself and call it Jim Harbaugh Stadium, I think you're right. I think he could probably get that. The thing I guess for me is why I guess I'm not panicking yet, and I don't think he's he's going to stay. It's just because last year no one saw that 2020 season coming. No one really had any faith that they could beat uh, Ohio State, and they did so handily. You made the cultural platform. Look, you got blown up by Georgia, but you took Michigan to heights. Now, really, frankly, since they won the national title, I think it was 97 or 98, they haven't got back to it in almost two decades. He was willing to walk away last year, right? He, the Vikings gave him the job. He'd be right now the Minnesota Vikings head coach. So I know now you have two years of success, but if you're willing to walk away last year with all the success you had, I don't think, I don't see why honestly this year would be different. No, I think I think ultimately that's a really compelling argument. I think it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I also think Indianapolis, this is one of the weird situations where overall, I think it's going to be tougher to get a big name coach in here this year. I, I just think there's a lot of things going against the Colts. Um, you know, not having a quarterback is, is number one. I mean, that's obviously if the Chargers job opens up, even if the Cardinals job opens up, anywhere there's a young QB is going to be in line in front of this, this job. Uh, I think that's going to be a tough thing. And I think, honestly, there's going to be some questions about Jim Irsay after that three-week stretch where it was a circus here and you really never knew what was going to happen every Monday or Tuesday morning. Um, that's something that a lot of head coaches, big-name head coaches who have that kind of power to – to kind of make call their own shots probably are, are not going to be excited about not going to want to come here. I think Harbaugh is one of the few guys, maybe the only guy who, who fits into that big name coaching list who probably wouldn't be concerned about any of that. Uh, he's been here before. He has a personal relationship with Jim Irsay. And as you mentioned earlier, I think when you look at the roster itself, it's built to his specifications. He's going to have to make the right hire at offensive line coach. He's going to have to tweak that, that group a little bit. Uh, you know, I look, maybe Bernard Ryman's coming on. I know, I know he had the one, you know, misstep against Pittsburgh, but I thought overall, I kind of agree with Jeff Saturday's assessment. I thought he did hold up pretty well considering uh, what he was going against and considering how young he is in his career. I, I think if you're Jim Harbaugh, you can look at this. You can, you can see the last couple of weeks, the running game is not back where it needs to be. It's not close to back where it needs to be but it's the best three week stretch we've seen from Jonathan Taylor all year. I, I think if you're Jim Harbaugh, you look at that, you look at this defense, you could feel like, you know, this is this situation you can win in, uh, in an organization, you know, with an owner, you know, I think he might be uniquely positioned among big name, quote unquote coaches to be interested in this job. And two, like you mentioned, like, right, maybe the Chargers opens up and you have Justin Herbert. Maybe the Cardinals open up and you have Kyler Murray. Honestly, I feel like the Colts and Jim Harbaugh are kind of like the perfect match for each other, where it's like you look at what he wants, like the style of play that he wants fits the Colts better than, again, the Chargers and, and the Cardinals, amongst other jobs that, you know, uh, Carolina's open as well right now, but that we think could be open that could be more attractive than the Colts. But also, too, I wonder. So, obviously, especially when you see how Jim Mercer has treated Jeff Sadd the last few weeks, where basically – He's given Jeff Sider the keys. You know, he handcuffed Frank Reich and did not, and basically made decisions for him 
where Jeff Saturday, despite his lack of experience, basically was given the keys that hey, basically drive whatever car you want, drive it how you want. This is kind of your team here the last half of the season, even though you have no experience and let's just keep the car analogy going. You don't have a driver's license, but it's okay. Just go knock yourself out. I wonder because, like I said, because of the personal relationship and, and the history of Jim Harbaugh playing for the Colts, I think Jim Harbaugh would be right now be the only candidate on the head coaching market. You know, it's out of Sean Payton, but in terms of realistic candidates, where I don't think Sean Payton would be interested in the Colts, I think he's the only realistic candidate where Jim Mercy would kind of do whatever Jim Harbaugh wants. Like, it's no secret. Jim Harbaugh wants control. Maybe that's the reason why the Minnesota thing didn't work out. He wants, you know, control over personnel. We know that's kind of why he flamed out in uh, in San Francisco despite all the success and why he's had a lot of success in Michigan because he is basically the GM and the head coach there in college like, you know, they are. I think maybe I'm wrong here. You could tell me because maybe, you know, you've heard Jim Mercer talk about it. I think Jim Mercer would listen to what Jim Harbaugh says, where if he says, I want Chris Ballard fired, I can see uh, Jim Mercer. You know what? Fine. We'll bring in Jim. Like you, you basically run the show. You want to be the GM and the head coach. We'll do it. I think Jim Harbaugh would kind of get what he wants with the Colts more than he would anywhere else. I think he would get, I think he'd get what he wants here more than anywhere else. I do think the Ballard piece of this is, is another really interesting piece in the puzzle too. Big question marks to me on the, you know, could Jim Harbaugh seriously come to Indianapolis? One of them we already discussed, and that's, you know, is he having so much success at Michigan that it doesn't make sense to leave anymore? You know, is he set up there for a long run of dominance? Uh, and they definitely are the top dog in the Big Ten. Right. You know, and if you're going to go and with the 12-team playoff, it's hard to imagine them missing that very often. You're 100% um, right. It's a good point. You know, so, you know, do you just stay there? That's one thing. Um, and certainly that fan base is rightfully in love with him. Uh, and I, I don't think from a job security standpoint, I don't know he could be much better than he is right now, you know, at Michigan. Uh, so that's that's the number one question. I think that's that's the one that we already discussed. The second one is the Chris Ballard piece of this. Can they work together? Would Harbaugh be willing to? I think Ballard has a long history of sort of drafting to the coaches standards to what the coach wants so even if you don't necessarily like frank reich didn't have personnel control per se but still he and his staff had a, a a really loud voice in terms of what kind of player they were bringing in it, it wasn't being forced upon them they weren't necessarily shopping for the groceries the way you know bill parcells always preferred to do uh, but they certainly were standing by the cart and helping decide what went in so I think that that's it'll be interesting to see, you know, could they coexist? And if they can't, would Jim Irsay choose, say, Jim Harbaugh over Chris Ballard if it came to that? Those to me are the question marks. The biggest one is the Michigan element of it. Uh, but beyond that, the, the 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 mesh with Chris Ballard, I think, would would be the other interesting piece here. It's a good point about Chris Ballard because you're right, like, you know, by all reporting, by all thought, like, you know, Frank Reich was the main driver of getting Carson went to town. So, again, even if Chris Ballard wasn't sold, you lean on Frank Reich. It's okay, Frank, you want him? Like, we'll trust him. That's your guy. I know there's, you know, Frank Reich made a big push a few years ago for Paris Campbell, and that was one where he was overjoyed when they were able to get Paris Campbell later on in the draft out of Ohio State. So it's like, you're all right. Chris Ballard does have a history and a track record right now of kind of drafting what the coach wants. So maybe they couldn't. Like maybe Jim Harbaugh won't come in there with ultimatum saying, hey, I want the GM fired. I want to basically kind of do it all myself and be the CEO of the program. But if he, let's just say if he does, I think the Colts would be maybe the only place right now that, that is open. And Jim Ursay would be the only owner 
that would say, you know what, considering the history, you've been here before, you know, all the success in Michigan. And like you mentioned too, the biggest name, like I don't know if Jim Mercer is prioritizing name and sexiness off the bat, but if you are, like that's the guy that I think will by far get the fans the most excited compared to anyone else right now that you hear. And considering where the Colts are, again, you're not attracting the highest level head coaching candidates. And there's a few jobs already better than you. So this could be a perfect situation where I think Jim Harbaugh should be the candidate number one for the Colts. Um, and I think that it's, it is a good fit right now. But like you say, going back to the initial question, even though Michigan is going to go back to the second straight college football playoff, even though Michigan should be in the national title game, like I said, Georgia's a little bit worse this year than they were last year. Michigan's a little bit better this year maybe than they were last year. Maybe that's a, a team that wins a national title. But I just go back to if you were ready to leave, if you're Jim Harbaugh last year, and you're ready to kind of run out of town back to the NFL, I don't think a second year of success is now changing your mind in Michigan where all of a sudden now he's going to turn down the Colts to stay at the Wolverines. Hopefully I'm right, but obviously also Jim Harbaugh, as we know, is not exactly the easiest guy to read in and and predict. That's for, that's for sure, George. Holy cow. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And it'll be. I think it's definitely something that's going to come up, right? I mean, um, if he's smart – you won't hear anything if, if he is being interviewed because you can't after the, the Vikings situation. I'm surprised that came out, honestly. Um, you know, these college right. coaches usually don't want any of that out there because it, it's obviously going to hurt you in recruiting. And, you know, and if you do it two years in a row and it comes out, um, you're really going to be. So I, I think it's one of those situations too. where you might not hear anything in, until the, until the deal's done. Um, but, I, it'll be really interesting to see, you know, I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of question marks there, uh, but I think the one thing that's, that's unquestionable is that he should be at the top of the Colts wish list. I, I don't know who else you're going to find with that track record uh, who would legitimately have reason to come here. I mean, I like talk about Sean Payton's not coming. No. Uh, and honestly, once you start getting into, you know, sort of coordinator roulette, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, a lot of those picks work out. You can find the right guy that way. Um, but sort of like what we were talking about with quarterbacks, you're you're you got to have conviction. You got to find that that one guy who's going to fit your situation and and you know be able to work with this roster. And that means a guy who wants to run the ball and and play good defense. And I think that's one thing too. The fans should prepare themselves for. This roster is built to have the most success that way. If you're going to bring in a head coach, uh, it's probably going to be somebody to emphasize those elements. You know, until there's a quarterback here and you're not going to be able to guarantee that that head coach who the quarterback's going to be, that's the reality. You know, you're going to have to find a guy who wants to play physical. Mike Vrabel, basically, is, is what you're looking for. Absolutely. And Colts fans know that guy's been a thorn on uh, this team side, the 49ers are doing so with Jimmy G for the most part out in San Francisco. Where they've made uh, a Super Bowl and NFC title game as well, or two NFC title games as well. Like I said, the style, you can have success with it for sure. And Jim Harbaugh, like I said, I think he's the perfect guy. The Colts want to get it back to that. And maybe don't love a quarterback in this draft in the first round outside of Bryce and you can't get him. And Jim Harbaugh is kind of the perfect head coach to bring in and kind of turn things around while also not having the guy in place for 2023. Or like I said, if you take Hannon Hooker, you know, maybe hopefully he could develop into him, but that's still a project where you're still a few years away from kind of him blossoming and taking over the reins for sure as the leader of this team. Uh, quickly, let's finish up with this, George. Let's go from a prospective head coach to the current head coach. The big thing from Jeff Saturday coming off of Monday night's game was his lack of timeout usage, allowing one minute, 30 seconds to bleed off the clock in a two-minute drill before calling a timeout on fourth and three. 
He did walk it back on Tuesday during his media availability after kind of doubling down on Monday night saying time is not the essence. For whatever reason, the two-minute drill down by seven with the Colts offense not being explosive whatsoever. He did say he regrets not calling a timeout before the third down run when John Taylor got stuffed, and he does wish he kind of used you know his timeouts a little bit better and wiser. I'm just curious from the locker room's perspective, George, is that help or hurt his standing? When you kind of have a, a coach who, again, we know is new, we know has zero experience, kind of screwing up, does it help that he's basically saying, ah, you know, my bad, hands up, guys, I screwed up, or does it make it a little bit worse where it's just like if you're a veteran, yeah, you knew you screwed up before, and now it's like you're doubling down and owning up to it. I guess it's like, does it, does it make it a little bit worse or better to kind of deal with when you hear Jeff Sauter kind of own up to his mistake on Tuesday afternoon? I don't know if it swings the needle either way very strongly, to be honest. Um, cause I think probably, you know, the, the guys that are behind him are, are behind him either way. And, and the guys that might not be, which I don't think there's a lot of those guys in a locker room. Uh, but you know, anybody who might not be probably is, is not swayed very strongly by this either. I think to the extent that it does move the needle, I think it helps just because his whole philosophy, his whole message since he got here has been accountability, you know? And so for him to come out and say that was on me, I think that, especially the veteran leaders, I think a guy like the Forrest Buckner is going to look at that and say, hey, you know what? I, you're telling me when I mess up and, and now you're admitting when you do. That's that's what I want to see. You know, I, I think that that leadership group, that that's how they're going to feel. Matt Ryan, DeForest Buckner, Zaire Franklin, the guys that really lead this locker room right now. Um, I think they're all that way too. You know, they're the first to admit when they are – are the the issue and in Buckner's case you almost make something up to make himself the issue at times um but I, I think to the extent that it does become a factor I, I think it helps from that standpoint if you're going to preach accountability you've got to walk the walk you're honestly right like I said that's the biggest thing Jeff Saturday like he can hang his hat on in terms of why he was brought in so it was kind of give the guys a spark but also kind of just call things out for how they are and you're right you, you, if you're going to call out players, which rightfully so, you should as head coach, you also then got to be the first one to take the blame when you yourself screw up what you did. I just wonder, George, like, does that, like, is anyone surprised? Like, again, we're, this is a guy who, again, has zero head coaching experience in college or the NFL, came off the couch, you know, with, with you know, half season left. Like, like we kind of talked about on Monday night, it's kind of a miracle that he was able to kind of get through two full games and not be the reason why the Colts lose or, or make a big time mistake that we're talking about in which both games end up being close games. You win the Raiders lose to the Eagles where it's just one of those things. Like if you're a player, like, can you really be surprised? Like, I don't think so at this point where, like I said, it's just easier to, to, I guess, swallow, move on from when you have the head coach saying, I screwed up my bad, but it's not like I feel like players expected more because you also have to be realistic and say, all right, this guy's coming in blind. You can't expect him to kind of go through everything perfectly and just kind of make no mistakes. Like that's, it took a little bit, but that's exactly, you know, the, the bumps that you expect when you're bringing a guy that's, again, with no experience halfway through the year that hasn't been with you. It just, it's more of a surprise that hasn't happened, hasn't happened so far more often. It's like a rookie quarterback throwing red zone interception. You know, right. I mean, it's a good point. You're going you're gonna to be really upset uh, in the moment, and, but you expect that to happen. I mean, he's learning on the job. And if it takes a third game for the rookie to do that, then hey, you know, <laughs> good job. You, you're you're winning more often than not. Um, I think it's a very similar kind of situation here. I, I'm more surprised you didn't see those problems out in Vegas. That's ex exactly what I expected to see, honestly, in Vegas. They took until, you know, his third game for it to happen. And honestly, as, as big of a mistake as it was, and it really was, it's not, I don't know, it's not the overwhelming factor for why they lost this game. You know what I mean? It's a big mistake. It's something that, 
contributed, but it's not, you know, Brandon Staley in, in week one, not going for it on fourth and one and then going for it on fourth and six. You know what I mean? Like there are worse mistakes made by head coaches this year. So I think that helps too. I think it would be like on that. Does it help or hurt with the locker room? I think the fact that it is a big mistake and it was in the top three reasons they lost the game is still not as bad. I think it would hurt a lot more if it had been a situation where they're at the one yard line and he did something, you know, to, to keep them from getting in. They still, even if he calls the timeouts correctly, you know, they still had what 30 some yards to go. And it was, it was a high degree of difficulty, no matter what, given the way the offense was executing, he just kind of added to that, that challenge, I guess. And you have arguably the offense's worst first half of the season in that game. You have John Taylor dropping the ball at the one. Like like I said, there it's a definitely a top three reason why the Colts lost for sure. And you have to be better and give yourself a chance to win. But let's just also not pretend the, the first half, you know, didn't happen and the fumble in the third quarter didn't happen, where again, that game completely flips and maybe not even in that position. If you execute take care of business earlier in the game and set yourself up for success, which in the theme of the Colts season so far, George, not being able to do that whatsoever so far this season. So that'll do it for this midweek edition of the Blue Horseshoe Pod right here uh, on the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Thanks for listening. As always, make sure you're downloading and subscribing. You can follow George on Twitter, get all his breaking news and all his uh, Colts updates throughout the week of practice at GM Brum. You can follow me at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. We will be back on Friday morning with a Colts Cowboys Sunday night preview. Uh, at this point, George, I don't even know if we just, we just even push a, a win here. Maybe we'll just see. Hopefully it's not as bad. They don't get embarrassed uh, on Sunday night. But that should be uh, a doozy for sure. As if you did not watch the Cowboys, you see, oh, we'll just give you a very quick preview. Block number 11. That's it. I don't care if you got to put five guys on him. Make sure Micah Parsons is not a guy that's going to beat you because he has been feasting, George. I pray, Listen, I pray Matt Ryan just is able to walk up the field on Sunday. That's that's right now my, my big uh, preview. <laughs> That, that'd be a win for him. I guarantee you that would be a win for him. Holy cow. That is a, yeah, absolutely for sure. So we'll be back on Friday. Get you set for the Sunday night tilt between the Colts and the Cowboys. Have a great rest of your week between now and then. We'll talk to you Friday right here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod.